This is Rob Scott, and you're listening to Fundamental Shift. Wow. It may be time for some new uh, intro music there. Hi, everybody. Today's talk is called Ending Addiction for Good, and I mentioned a long time ago that I was going to do a talk about addiction, and it's something that took me a long time to get to just because I really want to treat it with a lot of respect. Uh, I do want to mention that there's a whole emotional piece to how we deal with addiction, and I probably won't have time in this talk to go uh, down that road, so there may be other talks about addiction. But what today's talk is going to be about is uh, we're going to discuss what addiction is, and then we're going to talk about how we can come to terms with it and what we can do to stop it. And to do this, I'm going to discuss addiction in broad terms. Uh, Everybody may be aware of very serious addictions that happen to people. They're kind of obvious Uh, Not always to ourselves, but for the most part, we can come to terms and learn about them. But uh, a lot of times they're a little more subtle uh, as well. So I'm going to talk about them in broad terms, and we'll discuss what addiction is. Then we'll do a quick exercise that might help you find what your own addictions are. And this could be considered an addiction workshop, uh, but it's going to be a very short one, like 30 seconds to a minute. Then we're going to discuss the different qualities of being that allow for better choices and can help us to end addiction. And I really do think this is a very important talk. So uh, let's get started. So what is addiction? Addiction tends to live on the pleasure-pain sort of level of being. It, it uh, is, is a self thing that gets attached uh, to a certain feeling. So there will be lots of references in this talk to good and bad. And I know that in past talks I've uh, talked about escaping good and bad and sort of alluded to things like that. But in this talk, we're definitely talking about the motion of pleasure and pain and uh, how we get kind of caught in that. So what are different addictions? Obviously, when you think of an addicted person, we think of drugs and drinking and smoking and uh, all that stuff. But I want to extend this out into uh, you know, watching TV, shopping, eating sugary foods, maybe working out. Um, some of these are obviously better for you than others, but there's a quality of mind that doesn't distinguish between getting addicted to an activity and sort of depending on it. So ultimately, addictions can end up really ruining a person, but its ugliness doesn't have to wait for that extreme. And we may not want to drop all of our addictions. We may like some of our addictions, etc. But what are the problems that arise uh, from addiction? Uh, are there you know, potentially marital problems that, that pile up? Do your bills pile up? Is work getting away from us? Are we uh, messy in our office? And does that show that we're, addic- uh, that we're addicted to certain things? In some ways it does. And you know, how does a messy office show that we're addicted? We're addicted to not dealing with the issues of our life. And we end up uh, avoiding over and over and over again. And that avoidance is a better feeling to us in the immediate than turning in and facing the mess in our office. So I do want to talk about <clears throat> very serious addictions like uh, you know heroin and drugs and drinking. Uh, you know alcoholism is rampant in our culture today, and that's a huge deal and it's very very important. But I also want to make this talk useful for people that um, have what might be called manageable addictions and um, you know just can't put down the ice cream really. And so how do we hide our addictions? What lies do we start to tell? How do we sneak around? Um, You know, again, there is serious addiction, and then there are less serious forms of addiction, but they all stem from a choice in attention. And that's a really important point that we need to focus on where our attention is and what choices we're making. And so we really need to wake up 
to deal with a lot of this. So many people say that abstinence is the most important thing, but I want to point out that we can't really do that with food addictions. Uh, if you you know, are anorexic or bulimic or have some issue around food in that, and you have an addiction to abstaining from food, uh, in the case of anorexia, um, you can't really, you know, to survive, we need to deal with food on some level. So there's absolutely a need for abstinence in some cases, and that works extremely well for alcohol and other things, but it may not work as well for things like food, obviously. Uh, I do want to mention 12-step programs, and one of the reasons why they work so well and so universally is that they do help people to do the first step, which is abstain. And a lot of times you can end up uh, talking about 12-step programs and AA and NA and things like that, and you end up hearing the term dry drunk. And those are people that haven't moved much past just abstaining. And if you saw some of their lives before they abstained from alcohol and or drugs and whatnot, uh, just the abstinence is a fantastic growth, really. But I do want to point out that 12-step programs also have uh, a deep spiritual path that many can follow for a lifetime. So I do want to just say as an aside that if you have nowhere else to go and you're feeling very addicted to some of the more serious things that we're talking about today, uh, definitely seek out you know AA, NA. There's a community of people there that can help you on any level, if that's just to begin getting sober, uh, just to take a break if you need to, although that's not really what it's about. But, um, you know, finding the moment and making a choice over and over again, minute by minute, hour by hour, or as they say it, day by day, uh, to abstain from uh, whatever your addiction might be, that's a great first step. And again, they do have a deeper sort of spiritual path and, and practical path. I don't want to turn anybody off by saying spiritual there either. It's a practical path of growth, and uh, so I highly recommend that. But um, it's a good first step for anyone who really has a problem. But back to our talk away from that, let's discuss the unhappiness uh, that becomes so big that we end up um, needing to drink or drug or watch TV because we can't face that pain. Uh, that's an important thing, and I, I do want to discuss that in more detail. So again, I'm discussing maybe addictions that we're unconscious of, but let's for a second focus on ones that we do become conscious of and what happens there. I've had discussions with people that will be uh, in a bar and feel very, very sad and basically advertise the fact that they don't feel comfortable anywhere else than in that bar. And their life has become unmanageable enough that Anywhere they go, they can't deal with the reality of just having kids, paying bills, going to work. And so the only place that they can decompress is, say, in a bar or, say, doing some drugs or, say, whatever. That is where we've come to a real crisis. And in that crisis is born potentially enough pain to start making a change to go back because if it's not painful enough, we're not going to want to make the change. And so I just want to describe for a second the kind of mind that gets really stuck and starts getting so attached to a comfortable place that they endlessly don't choose to do uh, what they maybe know is the proper thing to do or something that they need to do, like pay bills, you know, like some of the simple stuff. Um, so we get, we get stuck in a bar, and that's, that's a tough place. 
and again, not to beat it to death, but shopping and TV and things like that are these addictions too. Are we going home every single night and just turning off in front of TV? Are we letting the world sort of push us around rather than being active and, and knowing you know, why we're making our choices? Are we disconnected? Any kind of disconnect like that could be termed uh, an addiction because we're not facing what we need to face and we're not uh, approaching life directly. I do need to point out quickly also that there are distinctions between sort of physical addiction and mental addiction, and we end up having both of those in some cases. Uh, smoking, as an example, has uh, a huge physical addiction with it, but also the mental addiction that comes from camaraderie and friendship out of the smoking area, etc. So as an example, that is uh, both physical and mental addiction. In our pain and pleasure sort of existence of self, we are very Pavlovian, and we always want to move toward pleasure. So we avoid pain, and we go toward pleasure. And so it's a slippery slope not to become addicted on some level. It's important to watch how we manage our lives, because when anything, a sport, a drink, a feeling, becomes what I prefer, we tend to want that on some base level all the time. We go, wow, I like how this feels. I want that all the time. And so our natural self-tendency is to avoid pain and go toward pleasure. And that's the beginning of this motion toward addiction. And we really need to be careful of that. So what behaviors do you have that you'd like to change and that you're unable to train, uh, change? The trap that I'm calling addiction, let's, let's do a quick workshop to look at that. So just sit back and relax while I ask you a few questions about your life. So think about your life and, uh, and just relax. What are you addicted to? Do you have any things in your life that you're addicted to? Smoking, alcohol, drugs. Are you addicted to TV, candy? Desserts. Are there any people that you feel like you can't get enough of? Are there friends, lovers, or family? Are there places? The bar down the street? Vacation spots that you can't stop thinking about? Think about your life. Think about what you're attached to. Now your gut reaction may be to defend some of these, and you may feel entitled to some of them. Certainly some are less harmful than others, potentially working out, an obsession with eating well. But just for a moment, be honest with yourself. What do you need? What are the things that you believe you can't live without? Maybe your car. Maybe some other activity that you do. How are these attachments affecting your life? Are there any negative consequences because of your behavior? Would anything in your life be different if you were to stop? If you were to gain control and stop some of these things? And what in your life would improve if you were free of these addictions? Would your relationships improve? Would you perform better at your job? 
Would you be happier with your kids, with your friends, with your family? Would you be able to make more money? So there was a little thinking exercise to go through what we may be addicted to. And obviously, all those things are not addictions. All those things, you know, uh, family and friends and whatnot. We can become obsessed with people, and that could be considered an addiction. But I just wanted to sort of spread the mind a little wider and think about things uh, a little differently. People, places, things. Are there anything in there that we're too attached to? Are there things that are beginning to hurt our lives? And for some of us, they're hard to find. For some of us, we know. We know. I'm an alcoholic. I am stuck. And, you know, and they just know that. And then some people have a real hard time coming up with, oh, wait, I didn't realize I really have a problem with cottage cheese or whatever, right? So how do we stop it? How do we stop it? That's maybe the most important part, and I'm sorry to take so long to get to it, but let's discuss how we stop it. What's the quality of mind that can end uh, these attachments? So how do we stop it? What is the different quality of being that allows for change? I want to mention that the conscious use of pain and also the idea of becoming awake or aware of our choices are the two things that will allow us to quit our addictions. And I'll talk about them more. But again, it's the conscious use of our pain and also the quality of awareness to realize that pain and to make a uh, decision in another direction. And basically, who ends up being able to quit a serious addiction? Uh, who are the people that do that? I'd suggest it's often the person that's felt so much pain that they can no longer stand the behavior that's created the problem. Pain is the reason that we change or stop. It is our motivator. It may seem odd that pain may also be the reason we started, but that makes sense when we realize that in the beginning the thing that was painful was the discomfort, and so we've gone to this thing to make us feel good, and uh, the feel-good hadn't become painful yet. And the feel-good can often start to drift and sort of fall away and not feel as good. You know, the first high is always the best kind of concept. But beyond that, we realize that that addiction to feeling good becomes our pain. And so how painful is your addiction? The really important question is, can we make our pain unacceptable to ourselves before it truly becomes unbearable? And in a sense, that would be getting free from addiction early. It would be getting free from addiction early if we could decide on some of those smaller issues, right? Everybody's not seriously addicted to stuff, but everybody's got attachments. So how do we free ourselves from some of those attachments that we may say don't make us optimal? You know, because we get attached, I mean, these are really the reasons why a lot of us aren't exceptional people. This is why we get stuck in the rut of every night I'm going to watch TV and tonight I'm going to eat a bonbon and tonight I'm going to do these things, right? So I'm deeply talking about serious addiction again, but some of these more simple things end up leaving us with really not as fulfilled lives, not as exceptional lives, right? So if we're shooting for exceptional, and maybe we're all not, but it'd be nice if we did, can we make our pains or our attachments unacceptable before they truly become unbearable? That's a really important point. So what happens when we're addicted? Our responsibilities are piling up. They become completely unmanageable. We need the, f the courage to face that. And it's very hard to do. 
and we usually aren't motivated enough unless there's tons of pain. If it's easier to go to the bar and no one's giving us a hassle at work and we're taking martini lunches and we're doing all this stuff and it seems like fun, 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 that's deep enough to change our belief system about what's important. Oh, everybody must be doing this. That may not be our conscious idea of it, but we, it starts to become more and more okay. And the boundaries of what are okay in our lives and what our behavior is ends up slipping. And in some cases, we might become more promiscuous and we might do this. And it sort of inches along down the road to uh, trouble, really. And so what is going to make us choose something that seems more painful, like managing our office or dealing with family or doing something that we don't want to do instead of going to the bar where we feel comfortable. What's going to make us do that? Again, the people who quit are those who have reached bottom. So the pain has been great enough to motivate them to stop doing what they were attached to. Smoking, as an example, is super tough to quit. And one of the reasons for this is because it doesn't make your life too unmanageable. Societies in some states and some places and some cities making it more unmanageable because you can't smoke in public areas in some places and they're starting to advertise and make it less attractive. But the rebel quality of the person that wants to be a smoker is, uh, is potentially still there. And so drinking and driving and getting in, a, you know, in an accident is much more unmanageable than just, ah, it, it's harder to go upstairs these days, but I don't, I'll quit smoking eventually. I kind of know it's bad for me. So there's a huge physical addiction with smoking, but it's really hard to get to the unmanageability of smoking. We don't see that until we're really sick or until you know something really happens. So people end up smoking their whole lives. They smoke for years and years and years. And it's hard to find the pain in that. The prices of cigarettes get up really high too, so that may be painful, I'm not sure. But if we never become aware of our situation, and here's where I'm going to talk about the awareness factor, if we don't become aware of the pain, we'll never change. So again, here's how to stop. You must go into the feeling of the addiction, the actual moment of, I'm going to make a choice to go to the bar instead of something I think I should do. When you're faced with that moment of choice, you have to be aware of it. So how do you become aware of it? And how do you make a different choice? You feel into the feeling of the conflict, and you literally breathe into it. And that breath, that one or two or three breaths, can give yourself enough space to make a different decision. And if you end up choosing poorly, I'm going to say that's okay. Just go gather data and don't beat yourself up about it because that's more sort of disconnect and more, more pain, really. But we want to start becoming aware of when am I choosing these things? At what point in the day? Because we find ourselves at the bar maybe five drinks in and it's like, oh, wait, I'm back to where tomorrow's going to be tough to deal with. Now I want to party all night. Now I want to do whatever. And, uh, and that's an issue. So how to quit? We need to realize the pain it's causing us. And that needs to become greater than the pleasure that these addictions give us. Becoming aware allows us to see the moments. Those moments when we see them, we have the power to get free. So we can't go in and face all our problems at once. We need to face them one at a time. So this is like a constant awareness. It's a constant vigil that we're trying to do. And we're, you know that's not always going to be possible. But whenever we can, whenever we have that, you know, oh, do I want to go out tonight with Bill? You know, I know what that's going to be. How do I make the hard decision to say no to him when I'm so used to saying yes, when my whole identity is around being a partier and being a good guy and being that guy that's always fun? 
How do you make the choice to not go out? Now tonight I'm going to go home and be with my wife. Tonight I'm going to go be with my kids or go read a book. We need to become aware of it and see the pain that's involved down the road and going out. And when we see that, we can begin to make different choices. So in conclusion, people who really become committed to changing their lives deeply may be the most addicted people of all. I want happiness so badly that I was able to make massive change in my life in all kinds of different directions. And that's not because I don't want to do anything. That's because I do want happiness. I want deep and long and peaceful happiness. And so just as sort of a, you know, a not so funny joke, I mean it that we're all addicted, that we all strive for peace and happiness and all that stuff. There just may be smarter ways to go about getting it. So I want to be as awake as possible. Addiction tends to be turning off and sleeping through life in some way or another. And it is kind of a constant vigil to stay awake. And there's work involved in that. But is it worth it? It is if we start watching the pain our behaviors are creating for us. And uh, what does it take to face that mess in your office? It takes a little less addiction to avoidance. Just a little less addiction to avoidance. The constant vigil I mentioned will get easier with time. It's really important in the beginning that we try to become aware of when these moments come up. But eventually that will soften and a more natural behavior will uh, ensue. So that is my show on ending addiction for good. Please check out my website, backtobreath.com. Get involved. Let me know what you think. I know there's a lot more to talk about in this topic, and it's, uh, it's definitely an important one. I want to thank you all for your time and attention. If you got this far, uh, this has been a long show. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Be kind to yourself and everybody else. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Turn it on, turn it on.